Alright guys, so listen, so tonight we're going to do Joy, it's the third candle in the Advent season. Uh, what's interesting though about Joy is it's actually the pink candle, doing some research and all that. A lot of people think the pink candle is love, the pink candle is actually Joy, uh, we'll get to kind of why that is later on. Not every church uses a pink candle with three of the violet ones, some of them use all four violet you know, candles or purple. Um, uh, yeah, but anyways, um, so getting to joy though, uh, today I called it living in a state of jubilee. Um, so I'm going to put a little different spin on it. Just like last week, we talked about peace. We talked about sometimes when you have peace, you have to go through war and go through tri uh, or trials to have peace. Uh, peace is not just always given. Uh, peace is earned. Peace you have, it takes sacrifice. And so being a peacemaker is somebody that's willing to go through all of that to provide peace for others. It's a very selfless kind of thing. A peace seeker is somebody that just tries to make do in the moment, make sure everybody's happy with them. That's not the peace in the Bible. Well, today we're going to talk about living in a state of jubilee. And this is what true joy really is. And I want you guys to really think about the word jubilee and what that means today. Because as you guys learn more about jubilee in the Bible, you'll see here in a second how Jesus ushers in this state of jubilee that we're supposed to now live in for all eternity. And there's a lot of things that go along with living in a state of jubilee. Things it looks like, what it means for us as Christians, what it means for non-believers. So I want you guys to pay attention tonight because this message will apply not only today but for the rest of your lives. So one thing is um, the, the color uh, pink uh, candle for joy a lot of it is, is, is based off a certain Sunday that means rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And so it's all about rejoicing because of what Jesus did. If you look at the other candles, they have a little more somber meaning to them. Talk about Jesus being the king and being righteous and that he brings hope and that he brings love into the world and brings peace. Uh, joy is more of just celebrating all that Jesus did bring to this earth. And so, like I said, I was going to put a little spin on it tonight and go, what Jesus brought was a state of jubilee, what that looks like. And so, reading here in Philippians chapter 4 is our main passage tonight. So if you guys want to turn there, Philippians chapter 4. And I'll read it off to you guys. It's a page is a little bit smaller. Um, but Philippians chapter 4 is going to be right here. Okay, can't find it. It's not a very long book, sorry. It's a very short book. Uh, so Philippians chapter 4, 4 through 5 is where we're going to get our main passage today. It says this right here. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. And then it's in verse 6, it goes on and says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And what's kind of cool about this verse is talking about peace from last week. If you read the verse 7, it says this right here. If you do these things, it says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So it's saying in the Bible there, if you rejoice in the Lord, 
If you can learn how to live in a state of thankfulness, in a state of joy, which is really jubilee, which we'll get to, and you begin to practice this on a daily basis, when you live in that state, it says the peace that God provides will begin to rule your hearts. And you're not going to be anxious about things. You'll be content. You'll be trusting of God. You'll be confident in Him. But it all starts with understanding how to live in a state of joy or jubilee. So, I want you guys to think about this. So Jesus' birth, death, and resurrection would issue in the state of jubilee. So what is jubilee? Most of you guys, you might, you might know what jubilee is. Okay, it's not something that we talk about a whole lot, but it was, it was, it was very important in the Bible, in the Old Testament. So God commanded ancient Israel, prior to the celebrating of a jubilee, to observe every seventh year as a sabbatical period. So you might know what the word sabbatical means, or Sabbath? Sabbatical or Sabbath, yeah. It means rest. And so every seven years in the Jewish culture, people would spend time resting. They would, they would, they would rest together, they would refresh, um, and it was kind of on a little bit smaller scale, but every seventh year, they took special time to focus on resting and restoring themselves spiritually, mentally, physically, um, to kind of continue on the next seven years. So uh, seven is a very important number in the Bible. So when you have seven sets of seven, you get what? You might do math quickly. What's seven times seven? Forty-nine. Forty-nine, perfect. So every, every 50th year was the year of Jubilee in the Bible. Okay? So every, every 50th year... Every 50th year. So, you got to think about this. If you're in the Bible, you're probably only going to experience one or two of these in your whole life. You know, it only comes around every 50 years. You'd have to live to at least over 100 to experience two of these. And so, um, I want you guys to think about... Well, you so, be born on I guess you'd be, yeah, you'd be born, just wouldn't really know what it was. You wouldn't remember anything at all, though, yeah. So, now here's what we're going to get to. We're going to explain what Jubilee is, though. Um, so, it ran on the Day of Atonement until the Day of Atonement of the next year. So, do you, you remember what the Day of Atonement was? It was a day of sacrifice, basically, where the priest would take an unblemished lamb, he would pray over it, put all the sins of the people onto this lamb, and then he would take it in and he would sacrifice the lamb in the place called the Holy of Holies, to the Lord to basically sacrifice and ask forgiveness and pardon for all the sins of the people for that year. That kind of ring a bell to you guys? You guys kind of remember that? So this is, the, the Day of Atonement is even shown in Revelation we talk, as we talked about. So the Day of Atonement was a really big day. So on the year of Jubilee, the 50th year, it would start on the Day of Atonement and run into the next Day of Atonement of the following year. So what happened in this year of Jubilee? This is really important to know. Okay? On the day of Jubilee, it was a, well, not, I'm sorry, not, not the day, the year. During this year, it was full of releasing people from their debts, releasing all the slaves in their area, and returning property to those who owned it. It was a year dedicated to rest and restoration, 
People returned back to their families and loved ones. And it was a year basically to let go of the bad, refresh, and start the next year on a clean and restored state. So if you have, if you have debts, money debts, uh, people would forgive those debts during this year. Uh, if you had, if you were a slave, a lot of the slave owners, you were supposed to uh, let all the slaves go and free them uh, during this year. Um, so if you think about this, it was all about restoring people. So if you had a rough, you know, past 49 years or whatnot, you could start over during the year of Jubilee and move forward. Does that kind of make sense? So it's basically like a, a restart button on your life. And the whole concept was rest and restoration and bringing in this new purified state. So I want you guys to, to listen to this here. Now, this is really going to blow your minds, okay? Jesus and Jubilee. Jesus' ministry is speculated. Um, probably pretty accurate, though, that it began on September 11th in 26 AD. Now, what's important about that? September the 11th in 26 AD was the Day of Atonement, which would have issued in... You know, one of these kind of 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 twenty six A.D. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, but back in that time, it was actually the start of a jubilee year. So when Jesus started his ministry, he actually started his ministry in a jubilee year. That's important to know. I'm gonna put that down. Jesus started. His ministry in the Jubilee year. Okay? Now, I want to read, read you guys off what Jesus said about himself and how he's issuing in Jubilee. So, Gracie, do you mind reading Isaiah 61, 1 through 2? Read it loud. Isaiah 61, 1 through 2. So the, 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 the year of the Lord's favor is the year of Jubilee. So Jesus says, I'm now starting my ministry, and I'm not issuing in Jubilee for a year. I'm issuing in a state of Jubilee to live in for all eternity. Because what does he say? I'm here to now set the captives free, to bring liberty, to bring freedom, to bring joy. And if you think about this, those that were enslaved to sin, because of what Jesus would do later on the cross, now can be free from sin for all eternity, not just the time. So Jesus says, I'm about to issue in Jubilee, but instead of having it every 50 years, you can now live in the state of Jubilee for the rest of your life, if you give your life to me. Kind of a cool concept when you think about it. Now there's more to this. So Jesus claimed that he fulfilled the scripture. Grace, can you get this one? Jesus claimed that he fulfilled the scripture Meaning he was issuing a lasting jubilee. Now in Luke 4, 17 is when we're going to see some of this. I want you guys to pay attention to, to Luke 4 here. And this is Jesus' words here. In Luke 4, chapter, Luke chapter 4, verse 17, it says, 
And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, very similar again to Isaiah, and recovering the sight to the blind, to set at liberty over those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then it says, And Jesus rolled up the scroll, and he gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And now this is really important. Jesus then says this. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. So what Jesus is saying there is, I am now fulfilling the year of Jubilee, the year of the Lord's favor. Because if you follow and trust in me, you will always have the Lord's favor. So what does it mean for us? Um, just take it away from us over here. Um, so what does this mean for us? Because of Jesus' death, his resurrection, and the lordship we have been, we have been forgiven of all of our sins for eternity if we turn to him. So listen now, listen carefully here. If we give our lives to the Lord, he provides us a joy and a peace, not from this world, but truly from heaven. We are assured of an eternal place of no pain, no suffering or despair, but of what? Peace, love, joy, and communion with all of our family and friends that also give their lives to him. So if you look at the year of Jubilee, it was a time when family and friends got back together. If you had any kind of animosity for one another, things were forgiven, and you had this great time of celebration. When you think about, if you fast forward to heaven, when we get to heaven one day, all of our family and friends that also trusted in Jesus are going to be there celebrating with us. And we're going to have an eternity to celebrate, rejoice, to see one another, to have relationships that are once again pure and holy as they're supposed to be. And all people will enjoy the Lord's presence forevermore. So two things here I want you guys to think about. The year of Jubilee is a, uh, is the, the Lord's year of Jubilee, which is a state ongoing, is a complete restoration and renewal. Now, what's important to note here is the state of Jubilee only happens when you allow the Holy Spirit to come and live inside of you and change you from within. Because people are not naturally joyful. Because we live in a very sinful and broken world. And the world around us is not going to give us these things that give us lasting joy. Things in this world may look good for a moment, or may give us happiness for a time, but it's called instant gratification. It's things that give us happiness for a moment, but it never truly satisfies. And in most times, it leaves us more empty in the end than we were at the beginning. Think about like alcohol. Think about you know, sexual morality. Think about um, things that the world pushes upon us and say, these things are good. These things will make you happy in the moment. And maybe it does give you some kind of sense of happiness in the moment. But after that high wears off, after that moment of happiness wears off, most of the time you end up more broken than you were at the beginning. You're definitely not going to be in a better state. And so the world only gives you instant gratification. But Jesus says, you put your faith and follow me, I'll give you a joy, meaning that you can have happiness even in the midst of the hardest times you face on earth. 
It's not saying that you're going to go through trials and be like, oh, thank goodness I'm going through trials. This is, this is what I wanted my whole life. But he's saying that when you go through trials, you can have a peace about you when you go through those. You can have a joy about you knowing that God's going to use that for something great later on. And you can have a confidence that God is with you through it all. And you ultimately have the hope that you get here that when one day when you die, you'll be with Jesus forever in a state of absolute jubilee for all eternity. And so, but that only happens when you commit to Christ and his Holy Spirit lives in you. Otherwise, you're not going to have this state of jubilee that's offered. So the question is, in this Christmas season, what is, do you have that jubilee? Do you have that joy in your life? If not, is your life really rooted in Christ? And if you do have that, are you sharing this good news with others? This is the good news Jesus came to proclaim, that I am here to set the captives free. No matter what you've done, no matter what sins you've committed, I'm going to forgive every single one of them on the cross. No matter what you've done in the past, I'm going to free you from that and use you for a powerful purpose if you give your lives to me. That's the key thing. If you give your lives to me, this is what I'm going to offer you. So are you sharing this good news with others? Now I want to leave you guys with this today. Living in the state of jubilee. How do you, because even if you're a Christian, there's many times we begin to walk away from God. We don't honor God like we should all the time. And because of that, our joy gets hindered. Every time we walk farther away from God, we walk farther away from a state of jubilee. So we become, you know, depressed, angry, bitter. And that's because we're not living out what Jubilee calls us to live out. So here's how to live in a state of Jubilee. Number one is, and this is a really hard one for people, is to be in the habit, right, is to be in the habit of forgiving. Because the, the year of Jubilee was a time when they forgave the debts of other people. You know, people that have sinned and done them wrong, they kind of put that behind them, and they, they reconcile their relationship with family and friends and those around them. And if they owe debts to certain people, many times the people that they owe debts to will just forgive their debts and say, you know what, your family's good, you can start fresh next year. So the concept there was forgiveness. So when Jesus calls us to live in the state of Jubilee, he's calling us to live in a state of of forgiveness. And it doesn't mean let people run all over you. But it means when people do you wrong, you forgive them. Because think about this. When you don't forgive somebody, it really hurts you more than it hurts them. Because when you're harboring unforgiveness in your heart because of what somebody done, has done to you in the past, you become bitter. You become hardened. And it actually begins to bring your spirit down. It, brings, it sucks the joy out of you. And that can be a hard concept to, 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 to grasp sometimes because people do things really horrible to us. And it's hard to forgive them. But forgiving them doesn't mean you have to be best friends with them. It just means, you know what, I've made mistakes too. I'm going to forgive them for what they've done for me. And, and I'm going to move on with my life. I'm not going to allow their mistakes to hold me back either. Does that make sense? Um, but living in a state of forgiveness is what Jesus did for all of us. See, all throughout Jesus' life, people spat on him, people beat him, people whipped him, people called him names, all, even up until the very last day that he was alive on earth. Yet he still died for every one of them and came back and said, if you give your lives to me, I'll give you eternity in paradise in a state of jubilee forever. 
So Jesus can take the worst beating ever. He didn't deserve it. He made no mistake. When people do us wrong, we have made mistakes. In some ways, we deserve some of the things we get to us. So if Jesus can forgive the worst mistakes, we can also forgive that. We forgive because we've been forgiven. Now, number two is very interesting here. Number two is never get too caught up in yourself. And now here's what I mean by that. If you're going to reconcile relationships, then maybe you've messed up, maybe they've messed up, and you're going to try to get to a place where with family and friends, you're in a better state, then you have to not be so much about yourself, and you have to say, what can I do to reconcile the relationship? Even though that person may have hurt the relationship, maybe they were in the wrong, how can I rise above that and still make the, our relationship better? Here's kind of what I mean by that. On Christmas and Thanksgiving, a lot of times you get together with people and family and friends that you may only see once or twice a year. And during that time, you may think, you know what? I won't say anything mean to them, you know, and, and I'll, I'll do my thing. They do their thing. I'll be cordial, and that's, that's good. I'm being the better person. But really living in a state of Jubilee is not being cordial to people. It's engaging with those that maybe hurt you in the past. You know, it's putting your phone down during Christmas or Thanksgiving, and instead of being on your phone the whole time, try to actually have conversations with those people. Talk to them. Engage with them. Maybe do some activities with them. Go outside and play some football or, you know, maybe cook with them. Do something like that to actually build a strong relationship. Because just because you're in the same place doesn't mean the relationship got any better. You may have just been two people in the same place at the same time, but nothing actually improved. When you're there, what can you do to actually make the relationship stronger? And that's what, this, that's what the state of Jubilee is all about. And there's two more things here. And this is really important. The third one is, to live in the state of Jubilee, is find things to celebrate regularly. Okay? Um, now, during Jubilee, it was an entire year of celebration. You know, you got to think about your debts are getting forgiven, people are getting back together. You know, you're having a lot of cool things happen, and so people are rejoicing, they're praising, thanking God, it's awesome. But then a lot of times, you know, you get to the next year, you're 51, 52, 53, and everything goes back to where it was. And so people are looking for little wins in life, little things to celebrate. So, for instance, like if I see, you know, God do something really cool in my life, maybe I share that with my family. You know, I come home from school and I say, hey guys, listen to what God did today. Or hey guys, hey, listen to, you know, I just made a best friend today at school. Share that with others. Celebrate the little wins in life. Be happy about those things. Because if you take time each day, there's really beautiful things in every day. You just have to take time to notice them and to point them out. And that goes along with the very last one. I want you guys to really think about this one. Is to constantly spread encouragement. Okay, now here, this is why this is such a big one. 
a lot of people, maybe it's even you today, are doing some really great things for the Lord, and maybe they're just being, they're just doing really good things in general. You know, they're helping people out, they're nice, they're kind. When you're around them, your day gets better. But most of those people never hear that they're doing a good job. And it doesn't mean that you have to have that, that confirmation from people. Because if you know you're doing a good work from the Lord, then that's really all you need. But God also calls us to encourage other people, to encourage believers. Because think about this. When I'm doing something for the Lord, if I have people around me saying, hey, bro, you're doing a great job. That's awesome. You know, I really appreciate what you said, but I really appreciate what you did. That's going to encourage me even more to continue doing those things and even go further with it. Because I'm like, hey, I am on the right track. And, and, and encouragement to people, it, it goes a long way. And not just that day, but the entire year, it's not even the rest of their lives. One thing we started doing in our work is little fruit cards. It's kind of funny here. So you have the, the funky banana. You got the jaggy strawberry here, the lemon, and you got the, um, well, that's actually a tomato. And then you have the strawberry. Um, so on each of these fruit cards, <clears throat> on the back it's just blank. And basically our little slogan at work is um, noticing the fruits. And the fruits are the fruit of the Spirit, so the love, the joy, the peace, patience, kindness, goodness. And um, it's just a fruit that's on there. But anyways, um, so what you do is you take a little fruit card. When you, so say, for instance, Sarah at work today really helped me achieve this project. Without Sarah's help, I would have been a whole lot more stressed out and frustrated. I'm going to take a fruit card that day and write a little note of encouragement and say, Sarah, I really appreciate all your help today. It meant a lot to me. And I'll leave it at her desk. And so, and you also send a note to the HR department that says, hey, Sarah did a really great job and they helped me out. And at the end of like every little um, quarter, they celebrate those wins. And they point those out. They send an email out to the whole company, letting them know all the great things people have done. And then some people actually get prizes and gift cards and stuff. So, now I'm not saying you have to give gift cards and money, but... This concept can go for anything in life. If you see if you see somebody at school do something really cool, or somebody at school made a difference in your life, whether it was a teacher or a coach or even a classmate, taking time to write them a little thank you note and say, I appreciate what you did, and giving that to them can make a world of difference in somebody's life. And that's how you spread the Jubilee. Because Jubilee is meant to be spread, not kept to yourself. It's meant for all people to enjoy. Jesus wants all of us to come to him, all of us to enjoy. And when you just spread that little piece of joy to somebody, even though it's a little note card, it doesn't cost you hardly anything, maybe five cents a note card, to write a little word of encouragement and to give that to somebody, that five cents is worth it. That 30 seconds to write that little note card is worth it. I actually keep those, uh, people that write me those little note cards, I keep them on my desk. When I'm having a hard day, I just want to look back at them and it, it lifts my spirits up a little bit. Uh, with Gracie, a lot of times, um, we'll write notes to each other, and so if we're having a, a tough time in our marriage, like just maybe had an argument about something, I can go back and look at the little card she's wrote me, a little notes, and see how much she really loves me, and she can do the same thing with me, but obviously we also have to practice forgiveness and, and, and humility. And so these little, these little words of encouragement mean a lot to people. So I want you guys to try to get the practice of doing that this Christmas season, and I'll pause the video here, and kind of talk through some ways.